welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's Paddy's Day. Right, happy Patrick's Day, Cork Church. You're watching a very happy Patrick's Day to you, St. Patrick's Day. I'm 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 to be on my best behaviour and stay behind the pulpit. I've been prone to wonder. I'm gonna try not to do that tonight, church, but I I want to share with you. Uh, I want to talk to you, I want to share something that God has put on my heart. Um I am uh, the irony is not lost on me. Uh, a foreign guy called Patrick with a British accent who never really wanted to come to Ireland talking about a foreign guy called Patrick with a British accent who never really wanted to come to Ireland. Right? So I've not, that's not, I've not, the irony is not lost on me. Uh, but I do believe that, you know, as I've kind of dove in over the past day or so, even over, you know, into Patrick's life. I've been blessed. Uh, and I, I just believe that there's something here for us all that we can be encouraged. And uh, I'm conscious as well, you know, everything is closed. Usually we'd be out, faces painted green, enjoying Patrick's day, uh, the crowds, all that kind of thing. Uh, we're not able to do that today. But do you know what? It gives us an opportunity to have a look at the man and have a look at the heart and have a look at the genesis uh, of it. So much of, of, of what Patrick's Day has become does not represent this man. It doesn't represent the heart and the relationship this man had with God. And so I want to jump back in and look at Patrick and God willing, bring an encouragement from God's word today. So we just pray with me, church, pray with me. Lord God, we just thank you for the opportunity to be here, Lord. You have blessed us. We're a blessed people. I know I'm talking to somebody right now. You're blessed. You are blessed. It's time to agree with God. You're blessed. We are blessed, Lord. No, we may not feel it. No, we may not be able to see past what your word says is light and momentary affliction, but we are blessed, Lord. And there is a weight of glory that awaits us, God. And we should help us get excited tonight, Lord, that we are your children, the children of God, that you've lavished your love upon us, Lord, and that we have a wonderful inheritance, Jesus a wonderful inheritance, God. And God, as we begin to read, Lord, about Patrick, I pray you would stir us for Ireland again. Stir us to be witnesses, to be living testimonies for the gospel in this beautiful country you've gathered us all to, Lord. You have gathered us here for such a time as this, and we believe together, God, that you will pour your spirit out on the Emerald Isle again. God, you're going to do it again, Lord. You've done it already but you're going to touch this nation. We trust you, God, for that. And we bless you. Help me to share what you've given me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to to speak what the Spirit has put on my heart for your church tonight, Lord. I bless you. I thank you, God. Touch my body. Quicken my mortal body, Lord God. I pray in Jesus' name. We thank you. We bless you for the anointing tonight, Lord. Thank you, God. Amen. 
and amen and amen. Bless the Lord tonight. So listen, what I want to do is, is walk through. I'm, I know, listen, I'm not a history expert. Uh, I'm going to excuse myself straight away. And so I'm not a history expert, but I do want to walk through some things that I found about Patrick. I want to frame some things about this man's life as a refresher. So bear with me. I'm going to read it. We know that Patrick was ripped from his home, uh, from what we believe Britain, Pastor Stephen said Wales, and brought to Ireland. And there Patrick herded sheep for a local chieftain on the slopes of Mount Sleamish in County Antrim in the north of Ireland, okay? And deprived of food and clothes, Patrick lived in virtual isolation. See, I didn't know this, uh, the, the, the conditions Patrick lived in. His only companions were his flock and his newfound faith. Amid his desolation, the desolation he was in, Patrick's Christianity blossomed. It's amazing. He prayed as many as a hundred times a day, apparently, and in match that total at night. He also wrote in a book he called the Confessio that six years into his captivity, an angel appeared to him in a dream and told him, you have fasted well. Very soon you will return to your native country. The angel, told, the angel told him of a ship leaving for Ireland and the young man walked across 200 miles of peat bogs and forests before arriving at a port, possibly Wexford, where he found a cargo ship bound for Ireland. Interesting. Let's go back here a little bit. Let's go forward a bit in his life. Apparently, what Patrick in his book, The Confessio, he says he almost died escaping from slavery. After landing on Ireland, the continent, the ship's crew found him wandering for weeks in a wilderness devoid of food. And they began to chastise Patrick for his piety. What about this Christian? You tell us that your God is great and all-powerful. Why can't you pray for us since we're in a bad state with hunger? The starving sailors asked him. This is what Patrick said. Turn in faith with all your hearts to the Lord my God, because nothing is impossible for him. Amazing faith, replied the young man who led them in a prayer that appeared to be immediately answered when a stampede of pigs crossed their path. That's amazing. Patrick prayed and there was bacon. Amen. Amazing. Thank God this Patrick can't do that. If I had that power, I'd be in trouble. I love me some bacon. Okay. Patrick got his first converts. Okay. And so he returns back to his family in Great Britain and his parents begged him never to leave them again. But religious visions returned and presented Patrick with a different plan. Isn't that amazing that he could be a slave and then be, be, be escape in such an amazing, miraculous way and yet sense a call to go back to the place where he was once a slave. What a gospel. What a gospel that God would free us to, to, to equip us and send us back. And so look, Patrick's here in Britain and God brings him a different plan. He hears the voice of the Irish call out, we beg you, holy boy, to come and walk again among us. And after a period of religious training, he was ordained a deacon around 418 AD and in 432, a bishop, and he was given the name Patricus. And so many former slaves would have dreaded a return to their place of captivity. Patrick asked for an assignment as a missionary to Ireland. And when he returned to the pagan Ireland, he tended to a different type of flock. Amen. His knowledge of the culture and customs facilitated his work in converting and baptizing Druid priests, chieftains and aristocrats by the thousands before his death 
on the 17th of March, they say in 461 AD, listen, you may dispute that rendition of history, but I'm taken by that testimony. Amen. We might want it. We can dispute. We can Google. We can fact check it later. What a testimony. Amen. Amazing. And I want to look at a prayer today. We've gotten some back, background around, uh, 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 about Patrick, about his life. And, and it's important that we do. You'll see why later on in the message. But I want to look at a prayer that he wrote. It's called the morning prayer. Some people call it St. Patrick's breastplate. And, and it just opens up the heart of this man. So much suffering, so much difficulty to overcome. And he's able to, to write this prayer. Listen. I arise today through the strength of heaven, light of the sun, splendor of fire, speed of lightning, swiftness of the wind, depth of the sea, stability of the earth, firmness of the rock. I arise today through God's strength to pilot me, God's might to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me. God's eye to look before me, God's ear to hear me, God's word to speak for me, God's hand to guard me, God's way to lie before me, God's shield to protect me, God's hosts to save me, afar and near, alone or in a multitude. Christ shield me today against wounding. And listen, I want to look at this in particular, folks. Look at this. Christ with me. Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks to me, Christ in the eye that sees me, Christ in the ear that hears me. I arise today through the mighty strength of the Lord of creation. Amazing. A man who endured so much to pray that way. A man who endured so much. Patrick's prayer shows us a man whose suffering led him into a greater depth in God. A greater depth in God. Christ with me, before me, around me. And you know what, folks? The Holy Spirit put it on my heart today. Even though it's Patrick's day and we're celebrating the life of this great man. So many of us are in a situation now where we've been suffering and our suffering is bringing us to a different conclusion about Christ. It's bringing us to a different conclusion. Patrick came to the conclusion that Christ is all around me through his suffering. And so many of us have been dealing with things for so long that we're, and, and we've, we've come to another conclusion, another lockdown, another lockdown. Or oh, this, this vaccine, and now apparently there's blood clots. Well, I can't even trust in that. Finances aren't what they should be. My children aren't what they should be. Lord, I've been going through this for so long. And Lord, I can't help but come to conclusions about where you are in my life. Patrick saw Christ who was all around him. Unfortunately, so many of us have come to another conclusion about God. God, you can't be here. Lord, do you care at all? Are you here at all? Are you here at all, Lord? Am I speaking to somebody tonight? Are you here at all, Lord? Everything I'm going through. Are you here at all? I want to encourage you. Listen to me. Look at the Apostle Paul tonight. I want to go into the scriptures. 
I want to look. Paul was a man who suffered. 2 Corinthians tells us. 2 Corinthians 24 through 28 tells us. Paul is... He suffered five times I received at the hands of the Jews, 40 lashes last one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked at night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from many false brothers in toil and hardship through many sleepless nights. Have you had sleepless nights? Am I talking to somebody who you've been losing sleep through what you've been going through in hunger and in thirst often without food and cold and exposure that was the apostle Paul's testimony look at Patrick taken from his home from his family putting that left left to ten sheep on a mountain in Ireland deprived didn't didn't even have shelter food clothing and Paul all he went through yet listen to his words in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14 Amazing. Paul, through it all, through it all, verse 14, for this Paul, for the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that all who live may no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. The New Living Translation says this, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who received his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Paul How can you keep your love for God through suffering, through all you're going through? Patrick, how did, how, how? It's right here, folks. When you look at this word, it's it's amazing. This word, what Paul says, Christ, the love of Christ controls us. When you look at the original language of that word, it, it means to compel. But there are two meanings that really stand out when you look at the translation. One is this, it's whole, it holds me together. So that word, when it says control, it means holding together, holding fast, holding together. And it means to urge me on or to urge someone on. So what does it mean? Paul is saying, the love of Christ compels me. How did I deal with all of this? All the the things that I've gone through, the things that I've dealt with. The love of Christ is all around me. It holds me. It compels me. It holds me together. It urges me on in all I suffer, there is something outside of me holding me together. When I have nothing else to give, there is a power urging me on, holding me through my pain when I feel like my life is over and it's all behind me. There's a love that urges me on into the purposes of God for my life. It's amazing. It's amazing. So many of us are calling out, Lord, I'm falling apart. I can't go on. Where are you, Lord? And yet Paul is able to say that love, the love of God is holding me when I'm falling apart and I can't, I don't have the strength to go on. There's a love that doesn't come from me. It doesn't exist in me. It's come from him and it's holding me together. That's my conclusion.
Paul concluded that, and through all of it, it points to a Savior who loves me. Everything I'm dealing with and going through points to the love of God, not away from it. So many of us, we feel that our suffering points away from the love of God, yet Paul and Patrick seem to, seem to believe that it was pointing towards the love of God. Paul, Patrick came to a conclusion. God is an absence. God hasn't left me, abandoned me to my suffering, to my difficulty. Patrick could have said, Lord, I've been kidnapped. I've been taken from everything I know, everything that's familiar. And you've left me on a mountain to die. Where are you, Lord? Instead, the Bible says God called him to prayer. God called him to himself. The Lord met him in his isolation, met him in his slavery, met him in his, in his suffering. And Paul the same, in it all. I, I, can you imagine Paul at sea, shipwrecked at sea, floating on a log, keeping himself above water or trying to and sensing the presence of God. It's amazing how when we hold on to that piece of wood, it keeps us afloat. How we hold on to that old rugged cross, that love of God, and it keeps us afloat. He died for me. This was it. This was the conclusion. He died for me. He is all around me. He died for me. His love holds me together. He is the source of my strength. He is closest to me in suffering. He hasn't abandoned me. He is all around me. He draws near to me in hardship. God move us. Lord, God move us from where are you, Lord, to he's all around me. God, move us from that conclusion that you're not there when we're dealing with things to another conclusion that says, no, you're not absent. You're all around me, God. Jesus, for some of us, it's time to look beyond our own suffering to his. One died for all. That's what it says here in the passage. Jesus suffered for me, died for me, took my place. When faced with his single pursuit of us, all other pursuits must be laid down. What kind of love is this? That you would die for me, God. This is where we need to go tonight. What kind of love is this? That you would die for me. Everything I'm going through, Lord. Everything I'm facing. Everything, and Lord, it, 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 it could define me. But instead, Lord, give me the grace to come to another conclusion. You died for me. You died in my place. You suffered for me. You took my nails. You died on a cross that belonged to me. You died for me. Lord, help me. I can either define my life by what I'm going through or by what you went through for me. Bring me to a different conclusion. You haven't left me. You're all around me. You died that we would have relationship for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame. What is that joy? It's relationship with you and me. It was you and it was me that sent the son of God to a cross to die. Patrick saw it. Paul saw it. He died to bring me close. How can I believe that he would abandon me in my suffering? Having suffered for me, how can I believe that he would abandon me in my suffering? Having, having taken nails for me. Lord, 
What kind of love is this? I can do nothing short of giving my all. How can I live for myself? Rather, I can live for the sake, for the cause of the one who subjected himself to death for me, only to subject death to himself when he rose from the dead, so it could never hold me. He is my champion. We'll get emotional here on Paddy's Day. He is my champion. He's, not, he's my savior. He didn't abandon me to die. He died in my place. He didn't abandon me to die. He died instead of me. He's not abandoned me here. He, he, it was him who went to a tomb. They rolled the, the stone over him instead of me. It, was me. it was him abandoned in that tomb, left to die, left alone. He was abandoned. He was cast off. He was, he was crucified outside the city walls. He was put out so I could be brought in. How can I believe now? How can I come to that conclusion that somehow the Son of God who suffered for me will leave me to suffer in a tomb alone? Will I not hear his voice? Will I not hear his voice? Will I not hear him call out to me like he did Lazarus? Lazarus, come forth. And will I not come forth? The Bible says, Job says, when he's tested me, I will come forth as gold. I will come forth refined, purified. The holiness that I've been given made manifest. I will come forth as gold. Oh, love that will not let me go. I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe. Thine, that in thine ocean depths its flow may richer, fuller be. I give the life, back the life I owe. I found my life when I laid it down before the crucified Savior. I gain my soul. That's what the scriptures say. You receive your soul. And what's that soul? It's the ruach. It's the breath of God. It's the very purpose for why he breathed life into you. When I laid down my life, when I saw his life laid down and laid down my life, I got my soul. I got my purpose. I got my reason for living again. Oh, the love that holds me together. And oh, the love that urges me on. Who am I talking to right now? You can't lift your head up, up off of your pillow. Never mind, get out of your bed. It's all over. It's all finished. The best is behind me. And the, there is a love that came by grace, a one-way love that's coming, seeking after you to say, get up. It's not over. It's not over. I have a purpose for you. By grace, I'll bring it to pass, not because you're loving or faithful, but because I am. I'm loving. I won't, I'm not done. The Lord would say, I'm not done. I'm not finished. Get up. I'm not finished. Agree with me. Believe. Trust me. I'm not finished. There's grace for you. The love Patrick found in slavery compelled him back to the shores of Ireland. He had become a slave to something higher. He'd become a slave to something higher. Bible says in John chapter 12, just quickly touching on this individual, Mark 14, 
There's an instance in the house of Simon the leper. Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. Martha, Mary, Lazarus, Simon, and perhaps others are there celebrating the miracle of Lazarus being resurrected. And Mary, the Bible says, comes to the Savior and takes an alabaster box of nard, 300 denarii, a year's wage, and breaks it on the feet of the Savior with no thought of cost. She lets down her hair, absolutely an image of a woman's propriety at the time, around men and in Jewish culture for a woman to let her hair down like that. Complete taboo, and she does it, and she mops his feet with her hair. Extravagance. She could pour out without cost, without counting the cost. So many of us are counting the cost. Oh, Jesus, oh, I know what you did, but Lord, how, could I, how can I give that? How can I pour myself out like that? And she stepped out and away from social convention. She wasn't shackled by self-awareness anymore. She wasn't shackled by the opinions of others anymore. She was able to mop his feet up with her hair. How? Well, Jesus tells us, he said, when they began to descend, and the, listen, there'll always be voices saying, reasonable voices from the wrong heart, saying that's a wasted life, a life poured out at the feet of Jesus. And what does Jesus say? He says, leave her alone. She's anointing me for burial. What does it mean? Mary came to the right conclusion. She saw the crucified saviour. She saw a life poured out and she could pour herself out. She saw his purpose. So many want his power. So many seek his hand and leave disappointed. She saw his purpose. She saw a revelation of the heart of God and she could pour out. She came to the right conclusion. God died for me. Pouring everything out is my reasonable worship. Oh Lord, listen. You can either let your life be defined by your suffering or his. For Paul and Patrick, suffering, birth, faith, and ministry. This is the truth for every saint of God. If they let suffering run its course. We must let suffering run its course before we reach our conclusion on the love of God. James tells us that we're to consider it pure joy when we encounter trials of many kinds because the testing of your faith develops perseverance, allow perseverance to finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. The goal of perseverance is that you would lack nothing. Will you lack nothing in Christ? I would say to you that the goal of suffering is to show you what you have already, to show you that you have no need, that he's before me, he's beside me, he's with me, he's all around me. Jesus. In the end, I want to end with this thought. How do I reach the right conclusion? How do I get to the right conclusion? Lord, show me your purposes again. But Patrick, here in this prayer, he took it day by day, morning by morning, morning by morning. Look at his prayer. What does he say? I arise today. I'm waking up today, this morning, and I'm turning to you, God, for the things that I need. You are my source the source of my life. I arise today in the love of another. His love urges me on. I arise today in the strength of another. 
Nehemiah 6.8 says, The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy he has over us is our strength. The love that sent Jesus to a cross is available for me. I know my value. God, give me the grace to recognize that you are my source. To come to the right conclusion in my suffering, you are all around me. Every morning, Lord, help me to return for new mercies. I'm not looking to my phone first when I wake up to connect with the world. And I'm not looking to my feelings, the contemplations of my heart or my own mind to connect with myself. No, I'm going to you, Lord, to connect with my source, to the one who loves me. I'm running to you, Lord. How else can I rise? How else can I rise to finish Psalm 59, 16? But I will sing of your strength and proclaim your loving devotion in the morning. For you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. Psalm 88, verse 13. But to you, O Lord, I cry for help in the morning. My prayer comes to you. And finally, Psalm 119, verse 147. I rise before dawn and cry for help. Help me, Lord. You, your word, in your word, I've put my hope. Help me, Lord, in your word, in your promises, in the word of your grace, in the word of the cross, I put my hope. Help me, Lord. Listen, if that's all you can say, then say it. If that's all you can speak in the morning, speak it. God, give me the grace. I'm telling you right now, I pray that every morning. God, give me the grace. God, I'm so ashamed of myself. God, I see what I am. Give me the grace to be a blessing. Give me the grace to see what you have done and not get so closed off into my own life and my own suffering. Give me the grace, Lord. God, give me the grace to be the husband I should be, the father I should be. Jesus, you died to give it to me. You won't abandon me. You're with me. You're all around me. Give me the grace today again, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.